Welcome to the Home Birth After Cesarean podcast. Due to the rate of unnecessary C-sections, the lack of support, and limited options for VBAC moms in the hospital, more and more women are choosing to have their VBAC babies at home. This podcast was created for women to share and listen to stories of home birth after cesarean. I'm your host, Rachel Garrett. Today we have Chelsea with us. And Chelsea has had two home births after a cesarean with her first baby. So I am just going to turn the time over to her. So Chelsea, if you just want to start out by telling us a little bit about yourself, your family, where you live, all of that. Okay. Uh, My name is Chelsea and I live in Manio, North Carolina, which is on the Outer Banks. Uh, I have lived here for seven years now and I've had two of my babies here. And my 10-year-old I had in Maryland. Um, I'm 37. And uh, right now I'm just a full-time mom. Do some volunteer work from time to time. Um, but that's about it. It's pretty pretty hectic here. We're homeschooling. And yeah, it's just pretty wild. <laughs> Life with three kids, right? Yeah. My kids are 10, 5, and 1. Pretty good age gap there in between each yeah. of them. Well, if you just want to take us to where everything began with you with that first pregnancy, just kind of give us an overview of what that looked like. My first pregnancy, I was living in Maryland and I didn't have any problems conceiving and I felt like being pregnant was going to be this magical, awesome thing, but it was actually pretty hard (laughs) because I had really bad morning sickness the whole entire time. And I didn't want to take any medicine. So I just kind of toughed it out and it was pretty rough. Um, and towards the end, it was really uncomfortable. My baby was huge, but I had a midwife who came to my house. She was a friend of mine that I knew from work. Um, and she taught us some birthing classes and that was really helpful. She taught us about labor and delivery and then like breastfeeding and and some postpartum stuff. So I felt like having that knowledge was really helpful. She kind of convinced me that I probably shouldn't get an epidural, which I didn't end up getting one. I had an appointment. I was four days late or my daughter was four days late and um, my doctor was pushing for induction, which I didn't want. She told me to go schedule it and I just didn't I was totally closed when she checked me that day and then the next morning I went into labor went right to the hospital and I was at seven centimeters already oh wow yeah my labor went super quick Um, how long was it from when things started to when you got to the hospital what was that time frame It wasn't long at all. I think I just had to wait for my husband to take a shower and get, I mean, I don't think we're even packed. Um, So he packed some things up and we went out the door and it was a 45 minute trip to the hospital. It was very uncomfortable. I remember yelling at him. Um, And then when we got there, I just remember him telling the nurses, like, I think we need to like get her into a room because they were just like, I don't know, not, not seeming too urgent about it. But um, my friend had taught me some breathing exercises that were really helpful. So maybe it didn't seem like I was that far along, but 
I was pretty far along. And I just remember being super excited to start pushing because I figured it, I would just have a baby, but it didn't happen like that. I was pushing for hours and hours, it seemed like. And I was just on my back the whole time. I didn't get an epidural, but I didn't change positions. And I don't, yeah, I don't think it was the best. I think if I had like been up on my knees or just something different, then it would have been smoother. But I just remember like looking down at my belly and wondering, how is this going to come out? Uh, it just didn't seem possible. I couldn't picture it in my head at all. Like, yeah, big baby. And she ended up being 10 pounds, five ounces. Yeah. So she was big, but I don't know, kind of looking back on it, I wish that I had tried some different positions or waited on pushing when I really felt like I needed to push because I didn't feel that. I yeah, I couldn't even really tell when my contractions were sometimes. So, so yeah. then at what point did you have um, like some pressure from the nurses or the doctor to do one thing or another? Like were things just not progressing with the pushing or what did that look like? I mean, I could see her hair in the mirror that that's how close she was. But my doctor just got pretty pushy for a while. And I remember like being really mad about that because she knew that I didn't want a C-section, but it just got to the point where I was completely exhausted. And, you know, they have you pushing like so hard, as hard as you possibly can for however long that was. Was it like the quote unquote purple pushing where you're like holding your breath and then pushing down as hard as you can for while the nurse counts to 10 or something like that. Yeah. It was horrible. Yeah. Really hard on your body. It just did. I mean, having two other children, it just doesn't make sense to, to do it that way. Um, It's kind of seems like it's against nature. Yeah. And how you spoke to, you weren't even really feeling that urge to push either. I mean, I've heard women talk about um, the fetal ejection reflex and like really feel your body bear down. Yeah, I didn't have that at all. I think she just needed a little more time to to work her way down on her own. It could have saved me a lot of work. But I do remember when they put that needle in my back and um, all of all the feeling went away and I, I thought that felt pretty nice. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> was the that light at the, the... End of the tunnel? I was like, all right, it's happening now. Like, I don't have to do anything else. So, so she was born, and uh, I just, uh, you know, I was so exhausted. And I felt like crap, couldn't move my legs, and it was so painful. Um, I remember they had given me morphine, and I just like it was still like super painful, even with that. So I just had to remember to stay on top of my, I think they gave me Percocets to stay on top of that. Cause it was just, it was so hard to, to move around in the bed and like to try to, to feed her. Um, I did end up breastfeeding her for over two years and it was, it was super easy. So I'm thankful for that. Um, She was a good eater, but three weeks, you know, I bled you know, pretty normal amount of blood. And then at three weeks, things had started to taper off, but then I started bleeding really heavily and had huge chunks coming out. 
and I had called my doctor and the receptionist, I guess, asked her and she said that it was normal. So here I was thinking it was normal that I'm like bleeding like this, but it got to the point where I could barely stand up. So, and my husband was at work and I didn't feel like he had just taken a whole week off after the birth, uh, which was a big deal. So I didn't feel like I could call him home for something that was supposedly normal. So when he got home, I had called the hospital and they were like, well, you should come in. So we like went right away to the hospital or to the, it was just an ER. And they, they sent me to this not so great hospital near DC. And I was basically there for the weekend, but um, I had to get a blood transfusion and it was just a really bad experience. Yeah. And heart, I mean, three weeks postpartum, not only like healing from a C-section, leaving your new baby and then having to do all of that stuff on top of it. That's a lot. Yeah. Well, my baby was actually able to stay with us because um, it was just the three of us. So we were able to stay together the whole time, but they did try to kick us out there or they were like, your baby can't be in here. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. I was, like, I was like, well, I'm breastfeeding and she doesn't take a bottle. So if she goes, then I have to go. Like, I remember being super mad about it because it it was just wrong what they were trying to do. Like, I'm in between bags of blood that they're giving me. And you're going to tell me that she can't be here? That's crazy. It was so bad. And then, I don't know, I feel like a few weeks later, like the bleeding had tapered off a bit not completely and then um one morning I woke up with a fever so I went into my doctor like the same doctor and um I laid up on the table and just like all this blood came out it was so nasty <laughs> and then she did a DNC shortly after that and was hoping I was all good then but it turns out like I still had an infection and I had to take these super gnarly um antibiotics where I had to pump and dump for that for like five five or six days so it was like a super rough introduction to motherhood yeah did like, they ever figure out like what caused well was there a cause to all of that or the reasoning behind the extra bleeding I asked my doctor about it and she was like well maybe because you were bleeding so much and I was like okay <laughs> She, did, she had her fingers in my vagina, like, pulling apart while I was in labor, like, to try to stretch me out, I guess. But um, I'm thinking that was it because, I mean, nothing else was going up in there. And then I come to find out that's, like, not a helpful way to, to help a mother out. <laughs> so I was, like, sore there as well. And then I got this infection. And, yeah. Lots of healing needed lots of healing and it took months it was like i don't know i want to say like two or three probably three months that i was like finally cleared cleared of infection and you know starting to feel physically okay but you know kind of mentally i had her in october so it was like just seemed like a long winter of you know, my husband worked full-time was gone from like seven in the morning till six at night so I'm kind of on my own with this baby and I don't know it was just 
kind of a lonesome time, pretty rough. And then at when she was nine months old, my husband was diagnosed with colon cancer. And at 10 months, when she was 10 months old, he passed away. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. So, um, like that first year of motherhood was pretty jacked up. Did you sure. have other support around you, like other family or friends? Or I know you mentioned your one friend who was a midwife. Yeah, I, I definitely had a lot of support from friends um, and a little bit of family lived close by. So that was helpful, but it was still like me on my own mostly. I had a really awesome grief counselor, but I mean, I had to I had to wake up every day to take care of my baby. Um, so that was helpful, uh, but it was just so hard, especially when she was teething and, you know, at 10 months old, she was starting to walk. So she's like into everything. It's so exhausting. So like when my other children were that age, I was, I always just like remember or am thankful that I'm not doing it alone anymore. And so when, when she was four is when I got pregnant again and kind of same thing, like same same kind of pregnancy, like super bad morning sickness. And um, I was really determined from the start to not do it the same way. And um, where I live, it's a pretty small town. We do have a hospital, but um, at the time they didn't offer VBACs and like the, the doctors just weren't very supportive I mean, they were like, yeah, you can do that, but you can't do it here kind of thing. So they were like, well, we'll refer you to this hospital that's two hours away. And I was like, okay. And I, I just remember them telling me, like, if I have another big baby, I'm not going to be able to birth it vaginally. And every time I would go in there, I would just be like, ugh, I don't like this. That, like, gross feeling after leaving. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't know me. You don't know what I can do. And just all of the doubt from the beginning. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. From the very beginning. But I had a friend who has had two home births after cesarean. And um, I remember her asking me, like, would you be interested in a home birth? And I was like, no, I don't. I don't think so. And then I, I was reading this hypnobirthing book and you know, talking to my partner about like, well, when we go to the hospital, like you need to make sure you do this, this and that and like tell them this or whatever. He was like, why don't you just have a home birth? And I was like, okay, sounds good. Like did not need any convincing whatsoever. That was it, huh? Yeah, that was it. So my friend put me into contact with, um, with a midwife who I guess is like an outlaw midwife because She's not licensed here and she's basically working illegally because in my state, North Carolina, I don't know, they make it really hard to, they make home birth really hard as far as like legality and jumping through hoops and all that. So the care that she provided though was really great, very supportive, um, kind of more hands-off. I remember our prenatal appointments were like an hour long. Whereas like, if you're going to the OBGYN, it's like five minutes, you might see the doctor. Um, so that was like pretty reassuring. 
And did she come to your home for those? Yeah, she came to our house, which was really nice. Um, And she was really professional. And then when it came time to, for the birth, I was, I think about 10 days early, 38 weeks or something. And it just, it came on a little more gradually than, I mean, she never checked me, so I don't know how far along I was, but I just remember like, I was upstairs doing laundry and my partner had my daughter out um, at the skate park at the time. And I just called him. I was like, it's time to come home. And then um, I had texted some other, like my midwife and a friend of mine to come help watch my daughter. And they all, they all got there and I was upstairs just laying on the bed, like not really wanting to move. (laughs) And, um, and they filled up the, the birthing tub and uh, when I stepped into the tub, it was like instant relief. And I was practicing hypnobirthing and it was super helpful. Like I didn't, I didn't really feel any pain at all until crowning. Just kind of breathe, was able to breathe right through it. It was a pretty easy labor. Um, was the, the hypnobirthing, was that like an online, was there a course with it or was it just... Um, I just read the book and it okay. came with a CD. So I listened to the CD every night. Just and and then when I was in labor, I listened to the CD just on repeat to try to keep me in that zone. And that was helpful. Then when I did feel the urge to start pushing, I turned on some music and it was just like such a positive environment. And I think I pushed for over an hour, but I wasn't like pushing as hard as I definitely didn't want to tear. That was like one thing that I had on my mind. Um but I didn't want to wear myself out either. Um, and were you in the tub when you were pushing then too? Yeah, I just stayed in the tub from the time I got in. And then it, I was probably in there for, I don't know, a few hours. I think he was born at like 5, 540 or something like that. And I don't know. I think I got in the tub around one or so. But um, I don't know. It, was just, it just seemed super easy. And then like... Um, I definitely felt the ring of fire, which was like pretty painful, but also exciting because I mean, there was a baby coming out of my vagina. So I had him in the tub and um, he was like all purple and not crying and it was kind of scary. But after, I don't know, a few seconds, I guess, probably he started crying and everything was fine. Got out of the tub and um laid on the couch and birthed my placenta, which was a weird feeling. <laughs> Just like a big bag of mush coming out. It's not really the part people talk about, right? So you don't really know what to expect with that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I didn't even really know what a placenta was with my first pregnancy. And um, yeah, I mean, like the whole, the whole labor was not painful at all. But afterwards, it was, I was pretty crampy and, you know, it was painful afterwards, which I wasn't really expecting, but it was manageable. So I had, I remember I had my partner make me some bacon. <laughs> I sat on the couch eating bacon and my baby was just there. I, I did not want to go upstairs. That was, that was pretty hard, but I was able to do that and, and get a little bit of sleep. Do you, did you tear? I know you said that that was something you were worried about. Oh. No, I did not tear. And um, my baby was eight pounds, 11 ounces. 
so he was pretty pretty good size Mm -hmm. um i was happy that he wasn't any bigger than that and did Um, you um breastfeed with him too yeah i did it was seemed like a little more challenging with him i guess i was just expecting it to be easy just like the first time but i don't know he's five now and he's still kind of kind of finicky as far as eating goes it's just how he was built I guess so. Yeah. No, it went fine though. And and I breastfed him for over two, two years as well. So yeah, that all went well. And recovery was, it was such a breeze. Um, I mean, the first night was a little bit rough because I was sore, but um, I just, I remember getting up in the middle of the night and just being able to like get up and go to the bathroom on my own and like, and it was fine. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, this is not bad at all didn't take long to heal. Did you have postpartum care with that midwife as well? Yeah, she came back like, the, I don't know, a few times, like the next day and then after a few days, after a couple weeks and then for like the six week checkup. And that was the last time. And that was so all in your home too? Yeah. So she was really thorough. I felt like that was good care. And the friend who had asked me about home birthing in the first place um she was there as the assistant too so she got to be there too yeah she got to be there too so it was just like my midwife and her assistant and my partner and then my daughter was upstairs with my friend and she came down after he was born and she was I think she was like totally grossed out I don't know (laughs) like why is there blood and why isn't he dressed I guess like expecting him to come out fully clothed. So she got to meet him pretty soon after he was born then. Yeah. After maybe 10 or 15 minutes, probably. Very cool. Yeah. It was it was just such a positive, like almost fun experience. Oh, and I was like, wow, that's amazing. It was just super cool. Like such a relief. And then I wasn't sure for a long time if I wanted to have another baby. And I ended up getting pregnant when he was two, I think. Maybe he was younger than that. No, he was two. And uh, that ended up being an ectopic pregnancy, which was really scary. And since I was, maybe he wasn't two, because I was breastfeeding and I didn't want to, um, I didn't want to take the medication for that. So I ended up having surgery and it was just really scary. Like what's wrong with my body? And then ended up getting pregnant a couple years after that. So uh, my son was two, no, he was four when I had my third child. And there was no question, like when I got pregnant with him, I was like, definitely want to have another home birth. And there was another midwife available, like a, a legal midwife, I guess you could say. And they do, they do offer VBACs at the hospital now. I didn't want to go to, there's only one group here that delivers babies. Um, so they, they know me somewhat. Um, and I went in for the ultrasound. I had to go there because that's the only place that you could get an ultrasound. And the doctor was just telling me like, Oh, you know, we do VBACs now. Like we don't, I was like, I want to have my, my baby at home. Like she was like, Oh, we don't really encourage recommend that that. yeah of course not why would they (laughs) whatever um so I ended up getting care through the health department which was actually really great 
since they don't they don't attend births there uh the doctor from the health department doesn't attend births i felt like he was a better sounding board or like he didn't have any incentive for me to deliver whichever way or wherever and uh he was just su- he was super supportive and i was surprised but i was like like he knew that i was going to have a home birth and he was like, you have nothing to worry about. I was like, well, what, what should I look for? He was like, I was like, well, what should I look for if I, if I rupture? And he, he told me like some of the, the things to look for. He was like, well, you don't have to worry about that. Like you've already had a VBAC, like you're going to be fine. Had you had those concerns with your first home birth baby? I did a little bit, but I felt pretty confident. I think hypnobirthing like really helped allay the fears which I had to, I had to really work through, through those fears. And actually when I was pregnant with my second one, I had to call, I had to call that horrible doctor to get my records. And um, they kind of gave me some, some crazy runaround. She was like, we shred all the, all the records after three years or something like that. What? And I was like, no, like that's not even legal. Oh my gosh. Wow. That that was the receptionist. And then the next day, that crazy doctor called me herself and was like, not really wanting to release my stuff. And she was like, oh, well, it'll be like over $100 for me to send you all of your records. And you're not going to be able to have a vaginal birth. And I was like, well, did you stitch me up in a way that that's not possible now? And she was like, no, I, I stitched you up fine. Wow. Um, were they like, like laughing at me back there or something? Or they were just, did they know what your plans were, I guess, to have a home birth? That I, time? I mean, I had moved away. I lived in a different state. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I remember you. I was in Maryland and yeah, she was like, good That's luck crazy. finding, finding a doctor that'll let you have a vaginal birth. Wow. I was like, lady, just send me my records. And she did send me like my, the, um, surgery report. So I had that and everything looked fine on that. That is crazy. Yeah. I was just like, why am I dealing with you? Why are you calling me and not your secretary saying that you're going to just send my stuff? It was crazy. It kind of made me wonder, like, what are you trying to hide? Was there anything in your op report that was a little bit like fishy or off or everything was just pretty clear cut and straightforward? No, everything was, was fine with that. But like, I think, um, with my other issues that I had after that birth, I don't know, I probably could have sued her with, with the way that she, you know, she told me that there was nothing to worry about that I, you know, bleeding was normal. So, um, I think the way that she handled that, I don't, I don't think she felt great about it. And she shouldn't. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I almost died. So, yeah. Anyway, back to <laughs> my my third one. So I, I received really great care through the health department. And I ended up getting a different midwife. And um, she was good. She was, like, a lot more hands-off, though. Because um, she doesn't live local to where I'm at. And she would travel out to see me. But she only came a couple of times before the birth. And then... Uh, and then she barely made the birth, <laughs> but I was getting, I was getting super huge. And, um, 
I had come to my due date and I was just feeling like pretty defeated. Like this is never going to happen. This baby's never going to come out. And he was actually four days late as well. Just like with my first, but I ended up drinking the midwives brew as, as like a desperation thing. I didn't want to at all, but my midwife assured me, she was like, you need to do this. Like I've never seen any bad side effects from it. Um, so I drank that in the morning at probably about 6.30 or 7. And then um, just kind of laid around all day. And I was taking a nap. And it was it was about noon when I woke up. And I, I stood up and, I, and some water trickled down my leg. And I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> my water just broke. <laughs> so that, that had never happened. <laughs> Uh, with my other births. I had never felt my water break. I was expecting like a big gush, but it was just like a little trickle. I sat on the toilet and was kind of expecting more, but I called my midwife and uh, she was about an hour away. And so I think she, she got in the car pretty quick and came up here. And my friend who was there for my, my first birth as the assistant, she, uh, she was there for this one too. So she came pretty early on. I think she got there after about a half hour of me making that first phone call. I got in the shower thinking that it would give me some relief, uh, but it, it did not. (laughs) And I like laid on my bed on all fours, just waiting for the, for the tub to get filled up. My, my kids were like going crazy, like super excited, running around yelling, running up and down the stairs. And yeah, finally it got filled up. So I got in and it was just almost unmanageable, super painful. I didn't feel like I was rupturing or anything, but I was like feeling like I was going to have this baby like any second. And my labor ended up being like less than two hours. So I got in the tub and just kind of was kind of like pushing from, from the start, like from when I had gotten into the tub just kind of grunting and I don't know, I want to say like gently pushing. I definitely wanted my midwife to be there. So I think I was kind of holding off for that. And she finally got there. And I think he was born like 20 minutes after she got there. So she just made it. She just made it. She came in, dropped all her equipment and uh, checked me out. And yeah, by that point, I was definitely like in the end stages of pushing. But it just, it was a really hard, fast, furious birth. His head came out and he was kind of stuck for, I don't know how long, a few minutes, definitely. And um, I remember them kind of yelling at me to, to push harder. <laughs> and I, I think she had like, maybe like hooked her finger under his armpit or something and was like kind of pulling, like helped assist him out. So I'm really thankful that she was there because um, it was kind of a tricky birth. And then kind of same thing. He came out and the first thing that my partner said was like, oh, he is huge. (laughs) He ended up being 10 and a half pounds, full 10 and a half pounds. He was a big boy. And remind me how how big your first was because that was was 10-5. 10-5. Okay. So he, he was a record breaker. And, uh, yeah, I just had, you know, to put him on my chest right away. And she actually had him on a little bit of oxygen for a little bit. 
Um, but he was, you know, he was completely healthy and I got out again. I, th- I think I birthed the placenta in the tub this time, pretty shortly after the birth. And that, that all went smoothly and easily. And yeah, I just got to hang out on my couch and similar to the other birth where, you know, it was pretty painful after the birth for a bit, but then, yeah, I think I took some Tylenol and it was fine. My back was pretty jacked up for a while because that baby was so big. And fast too. And fast, yeah. That can be a little harder on your body sometimes because it's like your body doesn't have time to catch up with what's going on, so to speak. Yeah, I think so. He just he just shot right out of there, kind of. I think if he was any smaller, he would have. It would have just been so quick and easy, but it was pretty difficult. I don't think I would have made it to the hospital. You know, I don't see like any way that that would even be possible, like getting me into a car. Or you would have had your baby in the car on the way to the hospital. Yeah, Yeah. probably. So um, I am definitely thankful that I was able to do, do it at home. It was like super comfortable and yeah. What did that postpartum period look like compared to, well, both of your first, but even your other home birth? Were there differences or were they pretty similar? Um, as far as the home births, like they were pretty similar. So my, my daughter was nine when I had my, my third child. So she has been super helpful, pretty self-sufficient. And I don't know, her, her and my partner really took care of me as best they could. So I didn't, I didn't really, I don't know. I wasn't like super pressured to to do everything, but I did end up like a week later, just kind of back in the same routine, like taking the kids to their co-op. And I don't know if I was grocery shopping, but like pretty quickly back to, to somewhat normal, which I kind of feel like I should have taken my time a little bit more and just stayed home and snuggled. His birth was a week before my daughter's ninth birthday. So I had like a big birthday party for her at home. Uh, it was just a heck, kind of a hectic time period, but the, my third baby is pretty easy, pretty easy going. He just like flowed right into everything. He did. He was good. I remember at the birthday party, I just kind of passed him around to anybody that would want to hold him. And did you and- have postpartum care with this midwife as well then? Not really. She came back once just for kind of an informal visit. And no, actually, she came back the next day and uh, checked on the baby and, you know, made sure everything was all right. She handled all like the paperwork and and stuff like that, like sent the, I guess it's the health department, the records for his birth so that I could get his birth certificate. So she made all that stuff like super easy for me. And then I don't, I don't think I even had like, yeah, I didn't go to like the doctor or anything for any kind of checkup. I haven't been back to the doctor, which probably should because he's one now. Time flies. Yes, it does. Especially (laughs) that first year. And then with everything else you had going on too, with it being your third kiddo and trying to keep up with just everyday life. Yeah, it's pretty wild around here. 
<laughs> I, get, I get no time. And now since, since COVID, we haven't had a babysitter at all. Like my family doesn't live near here. Um, so me and my partner don't get time to ourselves. And I mean, on the one hand, I've really enjoyed staying home and being close to my family. But then on the other hand, like sometimes it's a little, we're a little too close. Yeah, you definitely need that me time and stress reliever and some self-care in there. Yeah, I mean, I do get out by myself as often as I need to, but. It's because you said your your youngest is one now? He's one, yeah. He's 14 months, I guess. What day is it today? Yeah, almost 14 months. And he started walking at 10 months, and he is just unstoppable, causing trouble, eating everything. And I'm still breastfeeding him, too. I think the biggest struggle right now is just sleep he likes to sleep in bed with us and he likes to sleep on top of the blanket and the wrong way and likes to pinch me it sounds exactly like i have a 12 month old he just turned one like a week and a half ago and he's he started walking at 10 months he's into everything he also is like it was funny. My husband walked into the bedroom the other night and he's like, I couldn't even find a place to lay down because you were on like a sliver and then he was on like three fourths of the bed. And he's just this, like this tiny little human is taking up all of this space. It's crazy. Taking up the whole bed. Yep. Like last night I, I went to lay down with my five-year-old in his little bed. It's not quite a twin. And I was like, this is going to be more comfortable than, than my own bed. <laughs> You probably get some more space on there than you would in your own bed. <laughs> probably, yeah. Oh, yeah that's, funny. that's the struggle right now. And um, definitely not trying to get pregnant ever again. I'm done having babies. Yeah. It's just so much. It's just so much energy. I never liked being pregnant. And my babies are big. So that adds a little extra, I think, as far as back pain goes and yeah. rolling over to get out of bed and and all that so i'm not not wanting to do it again really and that's fine yeah if it works for you guys then that's great (laughs) is there anything else in any of those stories that you want to add or i guess advice for other women who are maybe just contemplating their options or looking into what what they could do after having that cesarean I would say find find people that will support you 100%. I had some some people in my life that were like, "Oh, you're going to you're going to do that. Like, I don't think that's a great idea. You should go to the hospital or you should just get another C-section." So I had to kind of block those people out and really focus on myself and and build build some confidence in myself. But, you know, if if you can try to seek some alternatives, just see what's out there, ask questions and don't put up with the BS that is the normal birthing scene in this country, because usually there are other options. You might have to travel or just seek out alternatives that you didn't know existed. But yeah, if I could go back in time, I would have a home birth with my first. Um, Because I feel like once you get into the hospital, 
it's like they send you down this track and you lose all your control. Like I've, at the end of it, I was like, I have, I have no control over what, what is going on. Um, and it didn't, didn't feel so great. I kind of felt like at the beginning, I was like, well, this is what they do. This, they know, they know best. They see this every day, multiple times a day. Like I fully trusted them and, um, going through what I went through, I definitely question, question a lot more things. So if something sounds iffy to you, question it and, you know, don't worry about how you sound. I mean, it's your body and it's not anybody else's body to make, to make those decisions. Be confident and know that you can do it. And I think what I have heard from midwives and and other birthing people is you'll know if something isn't quite right. So just listen to your body. And I mentioned hypnobirthing a lot and, and it was super helpful to me um, to, to learn some kind of breathing technique to get you, to get you through. Did you have anything as you were exploring home birth, like any other resources or books that you read, or um, I hear a lot like Facebook communities, different things like that, that helped you along the way? Um, when I was pregnant with my second one, my first VBAC, I read, I read the hypnobirthing book and then I read Ina May's Guide to Childbirth. That was pretty helpful. Um, just, you know, reading, I, I read some blogs just about positive births and I watched some videos that that my friend had lent me and I went to the they had I don't I don't know that they do it anymore um because of COVID but they had a like a support group or what was it called um it was like a monthly meetup related to to birthing in our community um so I was able to meet um some some different people and they they always had like a topic of the month they had mid different midwives come to speak about labor and what, you know, what you should have in your toolkit or postpartum. They talked about a lot. So different things and making different connections there. So that was really pretty helpful um, to have some like real life connections, actual I, people to talk to people <laughs> and you know, people that had gone through similar things to, to help boost my confidence. I didn't, I didn't get on, I like, I didn't join like a Facebook group or anything for VBAC specifically. And I didn't until I think after I had my, my third child, I, I did get on a, uh, a VBAC support uh, Facebook page just to try to try to help people out. And I, I guess I didn't even realize that it existed. But one more thing that I just thought about is that like, um, my midwife had posted our picture, picture of my baby and like how much he weighed and that he was at HBAC. And, uh, and there were a lot of naysayers on that, on that thread about like how, how dangerous that is. And she shouldn't do that. Like she shouldn't attend those births. And I don't know. I think you just have to kind of block those people out and not not let that get to you because there's always going to be somebody saying you're doing it wrong when you're just just do you you have to do, do what's best for you and your family and your situation yeah exactly Very i cool. think that's about it though awesome 
Well, thank you so much for for sharing everything. I'm hopeful that all of these stories will just be another resource for women who are planning HVACs. And um, it's hard to find those stories sometimes too, just speaking to like the negative things that you hear. A lot of people, either if they've had HVACs, don't wanna share because of the negative feedback or comments that they might get from other people. And it just makes it even harder for women who are looking into those other options to find the positive stories and that it is possible. You don't have to go back to the hospital. You don't have to go in for another C-section if that's not what you want to do. So I just appreciate you taking the time to share with us. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Home Birth After Cesarean podcast. Make sure to subscribe, leave a rating, and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. If you're interested in sharing your home birth after cesarean story, send us an email at hbacpodcast at gmail.com. See you next week.